Shannon joining us. John, how's it going? I'm great, boys. How are you? Doing very well. I, I'm just going to quickly ask Rob a question here, John, before we, we get into our discussion. I mean, you'll probably jump in here as well. Rob, you played with and against Coyotes coach Rick Tockett. Which did you prefer? Well, when I played against me, he's trying to break my arms and knock me out and slash my knees. And, and when I, it's amazing. When you play against Rick Tockett, he was uh, as mean, as nasty, uh, as you would run against. Like, he played an incredible emotion. He was mean, tough. He could score. He could do, like, he was one of those players that could do everything. But then when you meet him, he's one of the most positive, personable, nice guys you've ever met. It's like, he's got alter egos, the guy on the ice and the guy off the ice. It was a lot of fun getting to know him when I was on his team. But he was a guy that when you went out on the ice, you're like, okay, where's Talkin on this shift? Okay, he's over there. I'll make sure he stays over there. <laughs> John, you, you, now, do you not agree, John? Like, he, the, the Coyotes are a team that just have fallen in love with the coaching staff, and, and they go out and play for that coach because they know that he's the type of guy that would have their back if they were in an alley and they needed him. And, and that has the, that's the way he, he's played the game. I, I remember seeing him play for the Don Mills Flyers here in Toronto, Rob. Uh, and then he went along with Scott Mellenby and Derek Smith to be the three young kids to play for Mike Keenan's Philadelphia Flyers. And, and they, in many ways, uh, they became the core, and particularly Tockett became the core of the next wave of, of Flyers. And anywhere he went, I mean, look at his resume as a player. All he did was win. Uh, and uh, learning the ropes to be a coach, whether that uh, that short time in Tampa and then the time in Pittsburgh, uh, certainly uh, he has become a, uh, a modern-day coach. He teaches the game in a positive manner. He teaches a game of flow, uh, and that's why guys want to play for him. And that's, that's one of the reasons why Phil Kessel ended up in Arizona, because he wanted to play for Rick Tockett. Isn't there an instant credibility when a guy walks in the dressing room as the coach and he's fought? and he's been the physical player on the team, and he's been the goal scorer, and he went, uh, fights when he has to, and he gets the big goal at the right times. So when he talks, all of a sudden you're looking up at him saying, huh, he's done everything. Maybe I should listen. Well, I, and I, I, I do think that there's something to be said, and you would understand this better than me, I do think there's something to be said for the former player who can change and become that communicator. Uh, I look at the, the success Craig Berube has had as a former player now. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I think there's a ton of respect the other way. I think that Rick Tockett respects players and finds a way to make it simple and effective and easy for them to play in the National Hockey League. And how much of that, it's so important. Just opening the door is not one thing, but respecting what the players do is another thing. I think that's a great comment, having the coach respect the players. And it's funny, I played with Craig Berube, too. I played with him in junior, and I never would have guessed in a million years that he would be a National Hockey League coach. And look at the success he's had. Tockett and Berube were good friends when they played right. in Philadelphia. And look at the success both of them are having with their respective teams. Excellent point. John, we, you and I talked about Leon Dreisaitl before the Penguins game. <laughs> Little did yeah. we know he was going mean, to take nothing away from Mike Smith, but the, the goals get more highlights than the saves a lot of nights, and he uh, steams down the ice and, uh, and finishes the game. So a, f a few more people noticing now, him now maybe than Saturday, but just as you were watching that game, because I, I really thought, and Rob said it after the second period as well, 
that once the Oilers got out of the second period ahead 1-0, that, that somehow they were going to win because they'd killed off those penalties. And I know Pittsburgh tied it shorthanded, but the Oilers ultimately did win. You watching that game, what were you thinking on Saturday? Well, first of all, if, if we mention Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on every pregame show, we're going to look like geniuses. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, I do think that uh, when crunch time comes, a guy like Dreisaitl, who knows how to ratchet it up, knows how to take it to another gear, changes a ton of stuff. And, and this guy has become a big play guy there's no question about it and and you've seen it we saw it all last season we have seen him morph into that guy there there were comparisons to people in the nhl that he was going to be the next barkov he was going to do what what barkov did in florida well you know what he's he's already exceeded barkov he's doing uh, a lot more and when you have uh, the ability to put connor and leon on the ice in overtime you have the best one-two tandem and create so many opportunities that it's, uh, it is, I don't think there's any better combination in hockey right now. Uh, and, and that goes without with talking about some of the others, like Taves and Kane, who rarely play together now, uh, and Crosby and Malkin, who rarely play together now. The fact that McDavid and, uh, and Dreisaitl play together so much still and yet can be potent by themselves speaks for what Leon has become. I know that you watch a lot of hockey, and I saw a, a thing the other day, and I, I don't know if you saw it, but I'll explain it. New Jersey and Philadelphia are playing each other. Three minutes to go in the hockey game. Voracek and Severson going to the boards together. Severson's stick gets up. The referee puts his hand up. He's calling a penalty. Voracek turns to the referee and says, no, 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 his stick didn't hit me in the face, and the referee changed the call and made no call. I have been around the game for 40 years, I've never seen that happen. It's a 3-3 game with three minutes to go. Philadelphia would have been on the power play, and Jacob Voracek says, no, no, his stick didn't hit me. It wasn't a penalty. Have you ever seen anything like that in all your years? I have not. Uh, I have not. I mean, the, the honor of golf has come to the game of hockey. Uh, <laughs> although, I think Reed's got holes in the bottoms of his pockets, but other than that's another story. What I would, you know, it's funny, Robbie, I, I did see that, and what I would say was interesting is how many times have we seen video evidence used over and over and over again on all different sportscasts and all different shows of, of guys diving and of guys feigning the, uh, the hit to the head. Uh, I haven't seen that one very much. I did not see anybody use that in any sort of show to say, hey, listen, there is some honor left in the game. It was good for Jake Voracek, that to me. But that to me, in the end, that's that rivalry too. Uh, we talk about Calgary-Edmonton being a great rivalry. We talk about Montreal and Toronto. Uh, there's nothing crazier than New Jersey and Philadelphia. They can go at it, and it can be Im Im impressive. And just the fact that Voracek wanted to do that to me was was rather impressive of him as a player some other news from over the weekend former oiler milan lucic suspended for a couple of games with the calgary flames for a, a punch against columbus it, it reminded me a little bit of him going after matthew joseph of tampa bay the result was obviously different uh brad trey living in the flames john really unhappy about it but don't we just live in today's nhl where if you do anything to initiate something overly aggressive you're going to get fined or suspended 
The game has changed, uh, you know, from from the days of, of having the enforcer. Um, you know, from the days that uh, Robbie, it was Jay Caulfield, wasn't it? Was it yep, Jay, Jay Caulfield, Caulfield for you guys? Yep. Yeah, uh, it, so the game has changed. Uh, at the same time, what I would say is, uh, if you watch the rest of that game, uh, Calgary could do anything they wanted to on the ice, um, and, um, and 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 Milan Lucic may not score any goals anymore. Right? I mean, I'm one of those guys that think his hands are gone, um, but. But his ability to enforce, his ability to intimidate, will be a huge factor for Calgary if they get to the playoffs. You know, he was he was acquired to create a level of toughness that they did not have last year at all. Zero, zip, nada. When that Colorado series, they got pushed around ad infinitum, and Milan Lucic is there to do one thing: is to be mean. And he can do that still. We know he can do that. We saw him with the Oilers to do that. Uh, so it, it's all about expectation. Uh, I would not worry about a two-game suspension in the first week in November. What I would worry about is it, can he control, control his emotions and still use this intimidation when it gets to April. John, I hope we're going to see you here at Studio 99 at some point here as we move along throughout the season, buddy. It would be great to have you. Well, I tell you what, the appetizers in that place are so good. I, you, I, you know I'll be there. <laughs> John, we'll talk to you. Uh, when's our next game? Wednesday. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Thanks for checking in. Yes, sir. That is John Shannon as we get you ready for the Oilers and the Coyotes coming up at 7 o'clock. Talk about Leon Dreisaitl. Well, pretty easy to give him the hot streak. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.